0: A mysterious, intriguing, and often misunderstood occupation. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. BugCrowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers to help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hacker Factory Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Wiley, the hacker maker. In each episode, I have a guest sharing their story of how they got started in cybersecurity and sharing their tips and tricks on breaking into the industry yourself. And today I'm very excited to have uh, Harley Kimball on. Uh, You may know him as Infinite Logins from uh, social media through Twitter and, and YouTube. He is a content creator and uh, just recently started a really exciting job, which uh, we'll be getting into. So thanks for joining the show.
2: Yes, definitely. I'm super happy to be here. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. That's awesome what what you've
1: been doing for the community. And I intend to have you on the show for a while. Uh, some of the other folks that you're pretty co- well connected to and stuff, I'd had them on and, and had mine to bring you on. And so finally got around to doing it. And And it may not be such a new job now, but congrats on your job at Hacker One. Thank you, thank you.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Hacker One is such a pleasure to be at. Right, you get to meet a lot of people in the community, a lot of smart people that work there. So very, very excited to be there too. That's awesome. Uh, so why don't
1: you introduce yourself and and kind of uh, tell our listeners about yourself and kind of
2: how you got started? Yeah, man, no problem. So, I mean, I can I can go all the way back. We can start from the beginning <laughs> if you sure. want to. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll share what I do today, and then I'll go back in time. So today, my role at HackerOne is I am the community manager of our pin test community. And so you may not know this, but HackerOne is in the pin test game now. Um, and we do pin tests a little bit differently than traditional firms. Um, and so I got brought on to help manage the group of hackers that help make pin tests happen at HackerOne. So that's my primary role. But I also am a, a member of the community team which a lot of you guys may know from live hacking events or live streams or any of the community-facing content that we put out. And so, yeah, man, super uh, super dream job for me, honestly, to be in a position like that. Um, but where I all started <laughs> is I was 14 when I knew I wanted to get into hacking. Um, you know, it's I was playing a game online at the time and some guy hit me up and long story short, he ends up sending me a phishing link. He adds me in Skype and sends me a phishing link. And I've never seen a phishing link before. Like this was, it wasn't quite as prevalent back then as it is today. Um, but I'm looking at the website, and there are some things on it that just aren't quite right. Like the copyright year in the footer was, you know, outdated. There was like a broken image. It said like .tk instead of .com. So like I knew it wasn't the legitimate site but you can't just clone a website. Right. So like I was immediately hooked. I was like, I got to understand how this works. So I start begging the dude. I'm like, dude, teach me, teach me how to do this. Teach me how to do this. And you know, he just blocks me. I never hear from him again. So I spend the next two weeks going home after school and I'm like, how to create phishing sites. I'm typing that into Google and I start playing with remote administration Trojans and like all kinds of different stuff. And I'm pranking my friends and, You know, it's, I didn't understand what I was doing at the time, but I just knew it was like super cool. And that's when I heard about like a cybersecurity degree program at a local community college. And I was like, yo, this can maybe actually teach me what it is that I'm doing. And so I'm not so much of a script kitty, right? Like that was kind of the whole thought process I had. So I started attending uh, some of their classes before I even got out of high school. And then once I got out of high school, went straight into that degree program. Uh, While I was there, I convinced a local gym to let me do a penetration test. Um, But it really was just like a little Wi-Fi assessment. And yeah, I thought I was like the coolest person ever because I did that. And then I was a part of a organization. I helped create this organization called Cyber Organ, And the whole idea was to help uh, small businesses with cybersecurity resources when they couldn't afford them. So that was really cool, and that's taken off. I have been hands off on that for years, and you know, I think now they've got partnerships with like the FBI and stuff. So super cool, super cool work. Um, but after that, started like help desk, you know, at an MSP. Once I got my associate's degree in cybersecurity, uh, I ended up at that MSP for like four years. You know, worked through the ranks, became an IT manager, doing a lot of like sysadmin, network admin type work. Before I finally pivoted into pen testing for a couple of years and now I'm at hacker one. So yeah, it's been a, it's been an interesting journey, but fairly, fairly traditional, I would think. Yeah. Very cool. And those kind of roles,
1: like the one you're in a hacker one, those are pretty good roles to be in just knowing some other people that have been in those type of roles and how it's kind of helped uh, their careers. And it's good. You know, your experience with streaming and stuff, I think would pro- I'm sure is going to help you in that role because you know, it's kind of hard to pick people for those type of roles if you don't have experience in that area. I mean, you can teach it, but some people may be too shy to do that. So it's kind of, uh, you know, good that you have that experience. So you're not coming into it totally new from the, the streaming perspective and that sort of thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So like along, along the way at some point, I guess, two years ago I started like a small YouTube channel. Um, and that's mainly because I wanted to help give back, whenever I would like learn something, you know, honestly, I started a blog first and 90% of my blog was probably just watching an IPSEC video and like, Oh, I got to remember how to do this later. So I wrote a blog post about it so I could remember how to do it later. And then I started converting those into like 10 minute YouTube videos and just kind of kept going from there. As I learned something, I wanted to record it and try to help teach it to somebody else. Cause that's how we all get better. Um, yeah. And so I've started streaming a couple times and I definitely think that the content piece not only has it allowed me to just help build a community and meet people that I wouldn't have met otherwise, but I think in a lot of ways it really is why I was able to get into pin testing. Um, you know, a lot of those opportunities that I've been able to have is because people can go and look at my blog or my YouTube, and they're like, "Oh yeah, this guy seems to know what he's doing. Let's hire him," you know, and half the time I feel like I don't know what I'm doing, but they think I do. So, Hey, that's all that matters. Right. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely helped play a role in getting hired at hacker one.
1: Very cool. So is this something that you'd recommend for other aspiring security professionals?
2: Oh my God. That's probably my number one piece of advice. Um, I mean, my, my real number one piece of advice is put yourself out there. And so to a lot of people that may not be creating, YouTube videos and live streams to a lot of people that could just be like finding a local security meetup, go to meetup.com, type in your area with InfoSec or security or any of those keywords. You're going to find hopefully a local security meetup that meets up every month or whatever. If you don't, it's a perfect opportunity for you to create one because there's probably others that are looking for it. And so, yeah, start, start just putting yourself out there, go to these meetups create a blog as you're going through try hack me or hack the box or any of those resources, just write about what you're doing. You know, even if it's already been written about a hundred times, just write about it anyway, because it's your portfolio that you can then put on a resume or talk about down the road. Um, So there's a number of ways that you really put yourself out there, but if you feel like you've got some sort of a creative mind or you really like helping others, content is a great way to fulfill those, you know, desires, but also really benefit your career in the long run.
1: So before you get into more of the video, the streaming and YouTube stuff, did you uh, write a blog yourself or kind of transitioned into video?
2: Yeah. So my, my blog is really more of like a place that I just take notes at, you know, a lot of people will use OneDrive or, or sorry, OneNote or Notion or Cherry Tree. Like, they'll use all these note-taking applications and they'll keep it local to themselves. I just decided to do the same thing, but in, like, public format. So I would just throw it up as, like, a blog post. Um, so I've got, like, a lot of cheat sheets that I post, a lot of, like, enumeration sheets. So it's like, if I'm doing a pen test and I see port 21, okay, let me go to my blog post that talks about, like, these are commands I can run to enumerate port 21 or to to try, you know, anonymous logins, like all these things, right? And I just started redoing that for every service as I was going down the OSCP track and just, you know, trying to take my own notes but make them available to others. And yeah, I would I started that probably nine months before I ever uploaded the video.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's really interesting how a lot of, use of the first content around OSCP was in blog format because I remember when I was going through it, we didn't really, back then we weren't fortunate enough to have TJ Null at the time, but yeah. Got Milk's yeah. blog was out there. So that was like one of the main blogs out there. Uh, I'm trying to think who else has been out there. there. weren't that many people with that back in 2012, 2013, but it's yeah. really cool to see the, how that's evolved to more of a, a video format. Because sometimes, you know, in a blog post, notes are good to be able to go back and get, but when someone's walking through how to do something, it makes so much more sense. You know, the... The person watching the video can figure out, oh, that's what it looks like when it works right compared to yeah. screenshots.
2: I'm I'm 100% like a visual learner, you know, and so even if I'm like teaching something to somebody and we're on a call like this and as I try to explain it, I'm just like, you know, what? let me share my screen. I open up paint or something and I start drawing things. So it's I think videos help me and I think it helps a lot of people. I, but I also like I really like the idea of like making a blog post in, in written format. And then making a video that you embed in your blog post, because there are people who really just want to like skip to what helps them. And if they can do that in a written format, it helps them out a lot. Plus, if you're first learning something, the video might help you more. But then when you want to reference something like later after you already learned it, but you just don't remember like, what was that exact command I ran? having the the written content you can just skip right to is kind of helpful for that.
1: Very cool. So, uh, you know, based on your experience and stuff, do you think people would require, need a certification or a degree to get started in cybersecurity? It's a great question.
2: Obviously, people talk about this a lot. Um, I can share, you know, how, what I had and how I got started, which was, I did an associate's degree program and I got to admit, I was exposed to a lot of stuff. I met a lot of cool people. I can't really say it was that valuable. Like the stuff I actually learned, I definitely learned way more just by working in the field. So I don't know. I think if you have a really solid degree program, maybe you can gain some value out of that. But if you're just doing it for the piece of paper, I don't think you need to. I think we're lucky enough in a field like this where if you really need a piece of paper to say you know something, go after a certification if you must. I also don't really think certifications are a must-have if you're putting yourself out there in other ways. Like, I have gone down the OSCP journey, but I don't have my OSCP today. And so I failed that exam multiple times. I feel like I know the content of the OSCP, and I owe the fact that the OSCP journey got me to where I am, but the certification itself is not something I can put on a resume or put in an email signature. It hasn't helped me actually land the job with that specific credential yet. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not one to say either way. Um, I think if you have certifications, it'll help you get through HR, right? I think everyone's heard that before. But yeah. really, I think the most important thing is if you can network and get yourself into an interview, just talk about what you've done and talk about what you know how to do. And if you can showcase that through content (laughs) then uh you don't need certifications or a degree
1: yeah and just you know based on what you said you see that nowadays you see some people that they get in pretty quick in the industry and they're creating content and they're learning they're networking because you know you could have a ton of certifications and it could still be hard to get the job i uh before i went to work for u.s bank i'd applied for another competitor of theirs And I had my OSCP, SANS, GWAPT cert, CISSP. And I had five years of consulting experience as a pen tester. That company didn't get back to me until a year later. And this is having all the needed skills and, and certifications, but no response. So the traditional going through HR, uploading your resume or filling out the online application and applying doesn't always work. So that really goes to show that the networking is super important because that way you can get your resume to the hiring manager or someone knows the hiring manager a lot quicker than trying to go through the system.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the certifications for the title isn't really worth it, but the courses that you, you know, oftentimes come with the certifications, those are what make it worthwhile to me. And I think you end up paying a lot of money a lot of times for those, but you know, hopefully once you're able to kind of get your foot in the door, employers can help offset some of that cost and things like that. Um, but it's uh yeah, it's definitely something that I wouldn't call a requirement. It it makes your life easier, sure, but there's other ways.
1: Yeah, and just kind of on the the, the topic too. I mean, I kind of feel like sometimes people get too caught up in the cert and not as much into trying to learn the content. 100%. Learning yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's interesting, you know, um, you look at like the PWK course, that's, that's what you go through when you're trying to get the OSCP. And I, I learned a lot from the course. I'm not going to say I did not but I don't think I learned enough. Well, I know I didn't learn enough to be successful on the exam because I haven't passed it yet. Um, but there's a lot of people that will say, oh, you should supplement that learning with these other courses too. And so even just picking a certification like the OSCP and then listening to other people that have gone through it and learning all the supplemental things. In addition to that, that's where the real growth comes from is, you know, just immersing yourself in things you don't already know.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, just the whole thing, you know, if anyone's going through that stuff, n- not just focusing on this, on the, you know, the passing the certification exam. And I think also too, you know, maintaining those skills once you get that certification, because if 100%. you get you get your OSCP and you don't touch that stuff for three or four years, you're going to lose what you learned.
2: Yes. Yes. And, and, you know, my, the past year of my life, uh, from my nine to five job, I've been much less hands on keyboard technical roles. Um, right before I was at hacker one, I got promoted to a sock manager um, where I was overseeing a small team of like defenders. I had one other pen tester full time. But I I quit, you know, I wasn't really able to hack full time my day to day. Um, So to help with that, I was doing a lot of consulting and a lot of things on the side just to keep those skills sharp. And I can vouch 100%. Like if I go a month without a a consulting gig, just going right back into it. (laughs) Sometimes it's tough. It's like, oh, man, I I don't remember what this uh, command syntax was or even how to do this. So take good notes. You will need them. (laughs)
1: Yeah, there's a lot of times you won't come back to that stuff for 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 months or so. But yeah, speaking in the same along the same lines, I mean, you from the certification experience with the OSCP and performing, you know, side hustle pen tests, you know, you didn't get past OSCP, but you had the skills to perform the pen test, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Especially if you're able, I mean, I think honestly what it is, is it's just knowing the right people and getting those connections, which when I started out, I didn't know anybody. Right? So like if I, if, honestly, if I could do it, you guys could too, because like I didn't know anybody in this field. I had to go and find them. And it was by doing everything I talked about earlier. In fact, the local security meetup is probably the thing I owe to the most. I've never gotten like a job out of anybody that I've met through the local security meetup that I go to. But um the ability to have conversations with these people like building those soft skills getting all the nerves kind of like you know gone out of my system and learning how to talk with people about things that's what really helped me when i did start to network with people that i met online or uh connection i've gotten a couple of like opportunities for work through reddit even just by being helpful on reddit and going to like the oscp subreddit and Providing guidance and things like people appreciate that, and they'll reach out and they'll say, "Hey, I've got this opportunity for a potential pin test. Let's talk about it." And then if you just can have a good conversation, and obviously you have the skill set needed, they don't care about the certifications.
1: Yeah, and do you feel like you know from your content creation and and being part of the different security meetups and the uh, security community at large, do you feel like that's kind of helped with with like imposter syndrome?
2: I would love to say yes. I would very much love to say yes to that. Um, I deal with imposter syndrome a lot. And I think a lot of people in our industry do, Um, you know, it's something that I feel like over time, hopefully I get better at, you know, but it is constantly like, man, I'm not, I'm not good enough to actually be qualified for this or whatever. And then I get in it and I kill it. And so I, you know, it's like, I know, I know the end result people are always happy with, but even while I'm in it, you know, sometimes I'm like, ah, I'm not doing as good as I should. So that's something that um, I think a lot of people are going to continue to struggle with. And just know if, if you are struggling with that, you're not alone. Um, and if you just continue to develop skills, I think eventually you'll be confident in your own abilities. And we'll get through that battle together, I hope.
1: Yeah, I was just kind of curious your experience, because one of the things that from my experiences teaching and, you know, presenting at conferences and different things at times, I feel like I don't know anything and I hope I'm not boring people. Then, you know, someone comes up and says good job or something, or you see the reaction from, from your peers in the industry that support that, you know what you're doing. So I didn't know if you'd had that, that kind of experience.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, people, people do, you know, say like, oh, you know what you're doing. You've got, you know, your YouTube and obviously, you know, how to talk about these things. And so I try to like leverage that advice and I guess that um, feedback that I've received and try to keep that in mind. But I think I struggle with imposter syndrome just as much as everybody.
1: So as far as, you know, doing the content creation and you've worked in the the industry, do you think the content creation and being part of the community has helped with your soft skills that help you in your daily job?
2: A 100%, A 100% um the community outreach is is huge like being able to force yourself even when like you're not feeling very social but like if there's a monthly security meetup and you know oh, it's time to go like you got to go um and you really got to force yourself to just walk the room try to talk with everybody that you can um and don't go into it with like how can you help me go just go into it with Tell me about yourself, right? What projects are you working on? What was your background? And then they're going to ask you the same. And eventually, the more and more you talk about these things, when when you are put in positions, when you're in an interview and it's crunch time and you need to nail the interview, you've already talked about this a hundred times. You've already had these conversations. Same with content. You know, I'll sit there and I'll record a video, and sometimes like, oh, it's not it's not exactly perfect enough or whatever, so I'll re-record it and I'll re-record it. So it, I don't know. I think it's repetition. Um, that makes those soft skills better, and allows you to communicate better and document things better, um, write better, and all those all those soft skills.
1: And, and one of the things I was wanting to touch on too, because you know a lot of people listening to the the show may not know whether they want to be red team or blue team or what just yet. And there's a lot of good good roles out there. One of the things I always like to tell people is. Pen testing or red teaming is a lot of fun, but I think you you really do yourself a favor to look at everything that's out there because you see people that start out in pen testing and then find something else that they love better. So I think you really,
2: yeah. I've got a buddy who um, he was a chef, like a professional chef for like sixteen years or something, and then he pivoted into cybersecurity and he got into threat hunting. And he loves threat hunting, you know, and he just kind of like fell into that. Cause that was one of his classes he had to do through his boot camp or something like that, a certification. Um, and so, yeah, he ended up just loving it. And that's what he does now full time. And it's just crazy. Like I love seeing people go from like one career path to another like that. And I think, I think the same can totally happen, even if it's like not changing industries, but you're going from pen testing to being a stock analyst or, reverse engineering, whatever it is that you want to do. Um, And I think that's really what, like, the beauty about this industry is, is while it's still small, it's so huge at the same time. And there's so many different, like, niches and specialties that you can have that you'll find something that you love. Um, You know, just, you just got to keep being open to trying new things out.
1: Yeah, and there could be a lot of crossover, just like, so your experience, you know, working in a sock. Did your studies in offensive security help you as a SOC analyst?
2: 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really actually how I became the SOC manager is because I would look at everything through the lens of a pin tester or through an ethical hacker. And I'm thinking, okay, so we, we're doing an incident response. And I know that this machine was compromised. So, like, what type of attacks would an attacker have tried to run? to move laterally or how would they have tried to set up some form of persistence. And so those were things that I would try to encourage the analysts to look at and look for and set detections on, because I just know like, okay, these are the next steps that they would take because those are the steps that I take when I'm on a pin test. And so hundred percent, that type of crossover, even with like traditional backgrounds for like sysadmin, network admin, I think that helped me a lot too, because when I got into pin testing, I know how sysadmins think. Like, I know how end users think because I had to deal with them for so long. And so if I'm able to pop a box that belongs to a sysadmin, I know things to look at. Like, maybe their are notepad++ cache. Like, you know, like just all kinds of, just like things that you wouldn't maybe think about if you went straight into one particular path. Um, so, yeah, I think it's actually important to cross over and like, not just in like a study way, like not just in an academic way, but even like in your professional career, I think it's important to just kind of like play with a bunch of different things because you never know how one thing that you did today would totally like change and bring a new perspective to a different piece of the career.
1: Yeah. And, you know, one of the interesting things too is just, you know, I, I came into this from a sysadmin background and understanding Windows servers and Linux servers and that sort of thing helped tremendously. But I was speaking with someone at uh B San Antonio recently, and they were just talking about it was a blue teamer, and he's just talking about the information that you could find in the configuration database like a service now, how the all this good information you're able to find that you can use for pen testing. So it's really amazing some of the things that you can find out that you could leverage, you know, as a pen tester.
2: Yeah, 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 and it, and I think it's just like that knowledge. And I, same with like if you were a developer for web applications, and then you pivot into like a web app role or an app sec role, like you're gonna have things that you're gonna know things that just other people that maybe came from a sysadmin background wouldn't wouldn't know just right off the top of their head. So you almost have an advantage in that way.
1: Yeah, I agree. So do you have any kind of, just kind of curious, do you have any tips or tricks that you, that you, uh, recommend or something or share that are maybe not common recommendations by people? Do you have any things that you just, that you've kind of discovered along the way that has really helped you that could help others?
2: I guess tricks, uh, is that what I haven't talked about already, I can't think of anything. Okay. Um, and I think I know like a lot of the things that like I learn like all my tips and tricks as soon as I learn them I just like make a video on them so I might have some that I just don't have off the top of my head. Yeah. What are some what are some of yours maybe that'll help me.
1: No, more or less what I was really kind of referring to is just like uh job tips, you know, that sort of thing. Just kind of saying yeah. this is actually the first time I've ever asked anyone's question because a lot of times there's certain things that you ask and the discussion kind of evolves and you'll yeah. ask this, but you know, sometimes there's maybe something that people have. That's a, uh, that's really good information or some secret that they got that they really never thought about that, you know, they end up sharing that could be something good to help people.
2: Yeah, so a tip, I, I do have a tip. Yeah. So when I was first looking to get out of the MSP world, get out of that, that IT management role and get serious about like an, an, a, a pen testing role specifically, that's what I wanted to do. Um, I started going out and looking at other companies, other pen testing providers, you know, a lot of the traditional firms. And I would see who worked there, who were employed there on LinkedIn. And I would send them a connection request and I would add a note every single time. And it was a personal message. And I would always just say, you know, hey, this is who I am, new. I'm looking to make a pivot into this industry. Um, Do you know if your team or any team you know of is looking to grow? And I would maybe just spin like, 30 minutes a day on LinkedIn doing that. And I did that for a few weeks. Um, And I ended up growing, you know, like a small little LinkedIn network. But I got so much good feedback from people. People in this industry are so helpful. They love to help. And, you know, a lot of it was like, oh, no, I don't have an opportunity. You can talk to this guy. Or sometimes it was, hey, I've got an opportunity. Let's set up an interview. And so it allowed me to almost like brute force the interview process. And, It got to the point to where when I actually had an interview that I was like super excited for, like super like, I want this, I have to to nail this, all of my nerves were gone. Like this was just something I had already done a dozen times in the past month. Like I'm just I'm comfortable. And so it's I'm having this conversation, I'm just meeting new people. It's just like I'm at the meetup, you know, the the rain sec meetup again. So yeah, I think that repetition and putting yourself out there. Those are my tips.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Those are, those are good ones. Yeah. It's the first time I've kind of asked that because, you know, you never can't tell what someone and, you know, from doing this podcast, I've heard a lot of interesting tips along the way, you know, cause uh, you know, just for instance uh, on one of the podcasts, I think it was actually uh, Tiberius and he said one of his tips were, you know, one of the things he shared was, you know, we look at the OWASP top 10 and the OWASP, you know, uh, testing guide, but one of the things too with the OWASP top 10, that OWASP top 10 changes. So you don't want to just test towards the OWASP top 10. You want to test for web application vulnerabilities as a whole, which I thought was great advice.
2: 100%. Yeah. And I can definitely echo that. You know, there's now that I've got the benefit of seeing a lot more web, you know, web vulnerabilities at HackerOne, some of the stuff I've seen is. Is really mind blowing. Like some of the people that submit reports and they chain things together, like it's really crazy. Um, and then some of the other ones that I've seen that are like super high, big bounty payouts are, are things that are really simple and they wouldn't fall into a category of like OWASP top 10 necessarily, but they're still just like really simple. So sometimes just like being able to think a little bit differently or approach something a little bit differently, um, but not, losing sight of the simplicity. You know, you don't have to be this like super mastermind complex, you know, hacker to still be successful in bug bounty or pin test or whatever you want to do.
1: Awesome. So we're down towards the end of the show. Is there anything that you'd like to share before we end?
2: Any I don't closing think, words? Yeah. I mean just obviously thank you if you know for having me on the show. And if Anybody who is listening to this and uh, is looking for any sort of guidance, if there's anything I can do to try to help you in your career, you can always reach out. Um, my I don't know if my DMs are open technically on Twitter, but you can always try to hit me up on Twitter. I'll respond there. Um, and I'm sure we'll see. I'm sure I'll see a lot of you guys somewhere, whether it's Discord or some other part of the internet.
1: And one of the things we'll do too is we'll, we'll share Harley's uh, Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube. So... Those are some uh, resources you can check out right away as well as, you know, Hacker One does have some good learning information out there for bug bounty and stuff, some really good information. And one of the things that kind of attracted me to bug bounty was just learning things to help me be a better uh, web app pen tester, so.
2: Yes, yes. I mean, you can you can definitely have a lot of overlap between like a bug bounty, you know, if, bug bounty persona, I guess, yeah. to, you know, if, if, if you, are really successful in that space, they're probably going to be successful in um, web app pin testing. There's just there's a lot of overlap. There definitely are things that are different. A lot of the soft skills are probably more required in the pen testing side. Um, but yeah, you could totally have overlap there and HackerOne has a lot of great training. Hacker101 is a, is a great resource for that. Plus, I mean, just if you look at any of the YouTube or streams that, that they do, that we do, then yeah, we'll, we'll teach you some things.
1: Well, thanks. Thanks for being my guest. I appreciate you taking, uh, time out of your busy schedule to join us.
2: No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks everyone for joining and we'll see you on the next episode.
2: See you guys.
0: But Crowd's award-winning platform combines actionable contextual intelligence with the skill and experience of the world's most elite hackers. To help leading organizations identify and fix vulnerabilities, protect customers, and make the digitally connected world a safer place. Learn more at bugcrowd.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hacker Factory podcast with Philip Wiley. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSBmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.